Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. A very, very happy Friday to you. Glad to have you with us as we wrap up the week. Some of you may already be starting the weekend. A lot to get to. Want to let you know that you got to check out the latest lines of the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Illinois is where we start. And what do you know for the, what, maybe second or third time this? week college basketball actually <laughs> starting off a show george last night illinois lost to ohio state in a game in champagne where the illini almost uh, came back from a double digit deficit late to rally and get the win however they did not do that that rally was done without their head coach brad underwood who was ejected in the second half of the game because he was not happy with the foul calls that were going against his team now this is the second time this week we've had a big 10 coach uh, be very angry over a situation but I don't think that these situations are even remotely close to each each other George I just don't think that Juwan Howard and Brad Underwood scenarios are anything like each other uh they they are a little bit now now my, my mind you you did have Juwan Howard slap a man in the face <laughs> now yeah. in in, yes. in that way they are completely different in that way right but 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 remember after the Jawan Howard in incident where where he hit the assistant coach, what did people immediately go back to? They when uh, when he uh, hit Joe 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 Krabenhoff, that's his yep. name, the Wisconsin assistant. Now they went back to the incident from last year. Oh my God! Look at him; he's out of control. Look at him, big scary black guy. He's out of control. Look, he's he's done this bit before. And they tried to use that as a this is his second strike and second offense. Now, I had no problem. Zero zilch, no problem with what with what Brad Underwood did because he was upset. He yelled at the refs. It happened sometimes. Whatever. It's it's a nothing burger. Nobody got got hit. Some people got cussed out. But at the end of the day, he's going to look back and be like, whatever. Like he's not he's probably not going to have any regrets about anything that he did. Now, with the Juwan Howard situation, he deserved to have some regret. And Greg Garb was out of pocket for grabbing him as well. But where I said that these two things were alike and questioned how people were going to react to it. And people sometimes, uh, uh, Dan, I think some people read too much into the tweet in that they thought that I was saying that that uh, that Jawan Howard was punished because he was black. And that wasn't the case. He was punished because he deserved to be punished. But in my life experience, I remember Dan coaching at my son's little league team. I yelled at another coach because I didn't like what what he did. Got got pretty upset with him. 
I get called into the damn commissioner's office like they have a whole thing where I have to come in and come talk on that because the other coach said I felt afraid I was scared he was he was gonna hurt like bro I've never been in any physical altercation at this league for years and then on that same day two white coaches got in they exchanged blows no, absolutely no consequence for for them and maybe I'm a little sensitive about this subject but some of the responses that I saw to Juwan Howard just touched me the wrong way so I didn't think anything that happened in the situation had anything to do with race but maybe how people responded to it did this is in in your situation is appalling and ridiculous and just wrong all around. I sorry that you even had to go through such BS in in your situation. This situation though with college basketball, I don't I I never got the sense that people were saying Jawan Howard big angry black man. I think that they were saying Jawan Howard head coach University of Michigan or Jawan Howard, college basketball, All-American Fab Five member or Jawan Howard, uh, NBA player for over a decade plus. Like those were all of those things on why it just seems so out of out of the realm of possibility that someone would do that. And then, George, to mention the past of him threatening Mark Turgeon last year in the Big Ten tournament, saying, I'm going to bleep and kill you. Like, like it's those those are the things that popped up. I didn't think that anybody was using the race card at all with what transpired on Sunday. And I don't think that Brad Underwood is I, – I just – I don't think that these situations are even comparable because of of how they played out. And I don't know. I I, I don't think that we would say that Brad Underwood gets a pass because he was white. I don't even know what pass he would get in this situation. I just don't see any connection between the two. Yeah. See, I and for and for and for me, I already said I didn't think that that Brad Underwood did anything wrong. It's just sometimes, oh, he's a hell. He was fiery. He was fire. It, it, it's almost like, and, and my, mind you, I don't think that these things that I'm getting ready to use as an example have anything to do with race. I think sometimes it's the position and how people are viewed as well. Like when Odell Beckham Jr., when he would get mad or demonstrative on the sideline, he's a problem. He can't control his emotions. When Tom Brady, when he yells at his teammates, what 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 a oh he's fiery that's what we like to sure. see he's a competitor we 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 uh, care so like I don't think that those things necessarily have to do with race but I do think that how we perceive people and their greatness does does influence how we see and the the lens that we view their actions the coach going after a referee and getting teed up is such a common occurrence that we even saw it earlier this week with Danny Hurley in UConn and yes. him getting the second technical for trying to excite that was the hilarious. crowd. Yeah, that was that that was absurd, but it's that's that's nothing new to college basketball. What is new to college basketball is a head coach taking a swipe at the opposing assistant coach. Correct. And so Brad Underwood's not going to have this 
carried around with him. I mean, he was always a fiery coach anyway, and there are fiery coaches. There, but I mean, Gene Cady, I mean, you know, Bob Knight, obviously, John Chaney, a, a fiery coach. Like you've had these guys who you always knew had a temper, and there's a long, long list of coaches that I could probably continue to name. But that may follow Brad Underwood, and he'll just be fiery coach. Juwan Howard is going to have this label follow him for a while because of his actions toward another head coach. And like, I, I don't see anything unfair because of that. Like just because it may, you know, just go off, roll off the back of and shoulders of Danny Hurley and not be a big deal. And the same thing with Brad Underwood, I don't think it's something that we're going to need to point to and say, Hey, look, nobody cared that those guys did that, but why are we still talking about this with Juwan Howard? And I think that, you know, a year down the line or two years down the line, we'll still be talking about it with Juwan Howard because of how unprecedented it was. Yeah, yeah, you you can't hit anybody, and and that and that's for uh, me. It was less about the first about the second Jawan Howard incident, as opposed to then what was then re-adjudicated about the first incident. We're like, oh my god, look at look at him. He's always out of control. Like, no man. And Jawan Howard has a history, like a reputation of being a cool, under-control guy. And this is why, Dan, I, I have, like, it's very easy for pe- people these days, oh, we got to fire somebody. Firing people is always the the answer. When in reality, I, I, I look at things a lot of times about having grace for other people. My kids say to me all the time, when, when when we're driving in the car, they're like, Dad, why don't you honk at people more when they met, mess up on the road? Are, are, are you a big honker, Dan? No, no, but I am a big gesture or lip reader if they would see me. Yes. <laughs> so, so they always ask, Dad, why don't you honk more? And I'm like, well, because the, somebody just made a driving error. I occasionally make, make them. It's rare, but I do. And you never know what that person went through. They may have gotten the worst news that they've ever gotten in their whole life. Their their kid may be sick. Their uh, family, their mom, their they could have just lost their job. House being foreclosed. Any old any sort sort of thing. So I try to take that into account, even though it could be none of those things. And when I looked at Jawan Howard and the um, and the coach for Illinois Underwood, yeah. I thought, okay, both of these guys are upset with the outcome of the game. Jawan Howard's out upset as well with the outcome of of their season so far. And then the timeout situation exacerbated it. And then when Greg Gard stopped him physically, that exacerbated. But at the same time, like I like I tell my kids, now at the end of the day, somebody can do something that you know, that ups the ante on things. But at the end of the day, you are still responsible for your own actions. So you can't blame. So Jawan Howard can't blame Greg guard for what he did. He's still responsible for it and how he handles it. And he deserved the suspension that he got. I thought that Howard should have been suspended for the entire year. I thought that he deserved every opportunity to show that uh, he'd be a changed head coach. I thought that the ability to let him coach over uh, or into the postseason, whatever their postseason is, I just think it would have been a firmer statement, uh, considering he didn't get punished for the threats to Mark Turgeon last year. Five games is five games. I will say this about Jawan Howard, though. 
there isn't a lot of uh, lack of success in his coaching career. I mean, this was the number one seed last year, made it to the Elite Eight and was a shot yeah. away from from going to the Final Four. And, and to your point of, of this season, maybe not going the way that they wanted it to, in these instances, you know, like there haven't been a lot of low points for Michigan basketball with Juwan Howard as their head coach. But in the low points that they've had, even in the game against Ohio State a couple of weeks ago, he got a technical late in the game uh, when they were losing at home. He hasn't shown that he's had the attitude. Uh, th- he hasn't had the greatest attitude in defeat in a lot of different yeah. cases. And there haven't been a lot of opportunities because they've been a good program under him. Oh, That's yeah, just the one thing hit. to me. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He's doing a bad job with the losing part. But, yes. But, and yes, I want him to keep his cool a bit more, but I, I don't care if my coach is upset that we, uh, that we, that we lose. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm fine with him being upset, but he can't go to that far down the road as far as, you know, creating a situation that, puts the university or the team or anything like that in jeopardy. And I thought that had Michigan not been happy with the results that they were getting from Juwan Howard, he would have been fired. He would have absolutely been, been fired. And he's also very, very lucky that, that the results didn't end up with somebody breaking a hand. Somebody ended up getting a broken jaw from one of the other mm-hmm. team of uh, the players fighting yeah. or something like that, because that could have gotten them fired too, because sometimes the, the results end up dictating the punishment on some level. And sometimes you get off like, like where, you know, if, if, if I go crazy and I try to kill you, Dan, I would never do this obviously, but but then I would get charged with attempted murder as opposed to charging me with, 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 with murder. And one of them was because I was bad at my, at what I intended to do and didn't succeed. And the other one is just because I did succeed. So should those punishments be different? Yes. That's the way that's the world we live in. Well, that's a first. I've, uh, I've never been put into a murdered scenario on Sports Talk Radio, but George Reister <laughs> was able to do that. I know there are some Sundays where he wants to kill me as we're talking on the air. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. Get George on Twitter. Oh, my the NFL God. That, you're, get, what, you're going dark here, Dan. Well, you just brought up a scenario where you would murder me no, or I, maybe oh not murder God. me. D- Dan, Dan, do you, it, it, do you have some uh, – <laughs> Things that we need to talk about that we need to go to therapy about today. You just you just said the tape says if I tried to kill you, it's different than if I actually did kill you. That's what you actually just said to me. But it's it's all good. I know what you were getting. That's not what I said, Dan. But But no, you were saying like if you didn't follow through, your charges would have been different, right? Like if they're nope. I don't I don't even remember that. <laughs> you said that the intent is different than uh, the result, and sometimes we we punish on the result and not the intent. That's what you were saying. Nope, I, d- I don't remember saying any of that. <laughs> I will say this: his slap gave the green light to the Michigan <laughs> players uh, to to start throwing bows. I mean, hey, how about this? Kudos. I love college basketball, by the way. College basketball in the headlines for a lot of different reasons. Maybe not the greatest reasons, but heck, we've had Juwan Howard. We had Danny Hurley's ejection. We just talked Brad Underwood. Uh, we said it yesterday. College basketball taking that upswing here uh, in 2022. Get George on Twitter 
at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Today's show brought to you by Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Coming up next, could we have our first $50 million man in the National Football League? We'll tell you who next here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. He's the NFL vet. George Reister sitting in for Doug today. You can hear George and I every Sunday on Fox Sports Radio on Fox Sports Sundays, 5 o'clock Eastern time to Pacific. But today we do it during the weekday. In about uh, five minutes or so, we'll check in with Brad Spielberger, a pro football focus, to talk uh, a lot of contract stuff in the National Football League. And the contract on everybody's mind right now is one of Aaron Rodgers, George's a report from ESPN, uh, Diana Rossini, said yesterday that Rodgers should make up his mind in the next week or so, which is no surprise. Free agency is less than three weeks away, so a decision would uh, have to be made, at least for the Packers, to really operate if uh, Rodgers wanted to uh, uh, drag it out. Um, wouldn't necessarily be fair to the Packers. The point being, as part of uh, her appearance on the Rich Eisen show, she also said that Rodgers is maybe looking to get paid maybe as much as $50 million per season. Seems a bit of a different message than the one that we've gotten from Aaron Rodgers, at least in the last, I don't know, eight or nine months when talking about his situation. I never thought money was part of the deal. I always just thought it was uh, being valued and being a part of an organization and a place where he wanted to play and if he wanted to play at all. But now money has entered into the equation, and I just don't know why it is, George. I'm trying to put my finger on it. Wait, I don't know if, what? if that's his way of of trying to feel wanted by being a 50 million dollar guy like is that number enough to make him feel wanted enough by the green bay packers because it could handcuff the team if they want to move forward in 2022 uh dan that sounds like a billionaire problem that ain't a millionaire problem and the reality is is that everything is for sale everything just ain't on sale back-to-back mvp so that would lead you to believe that it's fair to say that he's been the best quarterback in the league the last two years. Am I, am, am I fair in saying that? Yeah, yeah. I think it's, okay. you know, yeah. So, so you argument. got the best quarterback in the league. He has a Super Bowl. Yes, he wants to be paid. And if that factors into it, then yes, because the economics matter. As much as me and you love doing this show, Dan, that's the reason why we are here. We love our job. But there's a certain price that you're not going to come to work for. And there is a and then there's a price that you're going to come to work with a giant smile on your face and feel real good about all of the other stuff that you have to deal with. Right. It's the same thing for for Aaron Rodgers. That if he wants to get that type of cash, that is a okay. And if you look at what the going rate is. Four quarterbacks, right? You're going to have the highest base salary coming into 2022 is Kirk Cousins at 35 million, Deshaun at 35 million, Tannehill at 29, Aaron Rodgers 26, Jimmy Garoppolo 24. But now, in terms of total cash for this season in particular, you have uh, Josh Allen at 46, Kurt at 
35 and then Deshaun at 35, Patrick Mahomes at 29 and Ryan Tannehill at 29. Now, as Patrick Mahomes gets into his new contract, which I believe starts this upcoming season when it, that 10 year deal, his salary in the next few years is going to be north of the $40 million mark. And that that's what you have for average salary for a guy like Dak who made a mint last year. And so I don't blame guys for, or begrudge them for getting their, their money because it is, I mean, Dak Prescott made $75 million in total cash last season. So I, I have no problem with it. Everything is relative. Like, so yeah, so if he wants to get that 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 type of cash, the team will figure out how to put a team around him because you can't put a worse roster together and make a Super Bowl than what the Bengals did this this season. The the so. problem that the, the the problem that I have with it, and it may not be a problem if Green Bay is like, okay, cool, we can do that. And Brian Gutekunst said that he wasn't worried that they'd be able to work a Rodgers and Devontae Adams deal in. It didn't seem like it was a concern of his earlier this week. My problem is, it does it become too build towards? That's the part of it that for me. If, if I'm a Packers fan, that would bother me because it didn't never it never seemed to be about the money over the last six or nine months. It only seemed to be about wanting to be uh, wanted and having input. And they brought Tom Clements back. They brought in that was Randall the first Cobb, step, you though. know. Yeah, but it was never about money. And now if it's about money and it hampers what Green Bay can do in the future, then, you know, that that to me is moving the goalposts a bit. And I, don't, I think that's dirty pool by Aaron Rodgers. Oh, n- no, no, it's not. Because if if you are if you have a chance to get leverage and control and financial and the finances right at your job, most people would take advantage of that. Like and he's not doing anything that is below board. He's not, you know, uh, doing anything sneaky or, or, or underhanded. He's just that he understands his worth, that he's the most valuable player on that franchise and that he's their best chance to win. He wasn't happy about the way that things were going. So he flexed some muscles. The Packers could have said no, but instead they were like, no, he's too valuable. So we will acquiesce to the things that he wants. And now he's like, okay, cool. You fixed that part. Now, now I need to be compensated financially. And truthfully, Aaron loves all this stuff, dude. He loves that we are talking about about <laughs> him. And I'm actually over talking about him until he makes a decision, big because you know we're we're just feeding more into the monster. Well, I got bad news because we're going to continue to talk about him, but other issues. Brad Spielberger is going to kind of break it down on how Green Bay could or couldn't fit Aaron Rodgers if he wanted that much money. That and so much more as it's also franchise tag season. We'll get to Brad. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. We're sitting in for Doug Gottlieb today here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Joining us now, he's a cap analyst for Pro Football Focus and can talk about that and a whole lot more. Brad Spielberger joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Brad. Happy Friday. How are you? Happy Friday. Doing well. How about yourself? Uh, we are doing all right. We are trying to figure out this whole Aaron Rodgers situation. If he wants $50 million or be a $50 million man, would Green Bay be able to make that work? And would Devontae Adams be a part of that if he wanted to uh, get that much money from the Green Bay Packers? 
Yeah, so Green Bay can make it work. They actually would clear 2022 cap space via the extension. I know that sounds crazy, um, but they would. And, and they, I think this $50 million per year number is realistic with the way the market is going at quarterback. That is just where we're headed. And, and as for Devontae Adams, he's probably looking at $25, $30 million per year himself. They can get both done. It will make some tough decisions ahead, but they can get it done if they want to. Yeah, and th- and I have said all along, because there have been so many people that say, oh, you can't win with a quarterback not on his rookie deal, or he's got to just take so much less. And I'm like, no, there, there are restructure opportunities and also just the structure of the contracts in general that, that the teams either mess up on or, or or put them in a bad spot. And we've seen so many good teams have guys not on their rookie deals. Do you buy into that at all? You're 100% right. No, it it is a complete misnomer. What I like to say, because I get asked this a lot, is that line exists because GMs that got fired then go on the radio and, and, and say that because it's an excuse for why they couldn't figure it out. But the reality of the situation is you can't win without an elite quarterback. And everyone points to Super Bowls, but if you just go look at the conference championship participants, is usually the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Brad Spielberger joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer sitting in for Doug Gottlieb on this Friday. All right, so it is franchise tag season. This kind of connects with Devontae Adams, who doesn't want anything to do with it, even if Aaron Rodgers threw it out there as a possibility. I'm just going to ask Adams specifically, does it make sense for Green Bay to place the franchise tag on him? Because it didn't sound like that was something – that Brian Gutekunst was in favor of earlier this week. Does it make sense for Green Bay to use the tag on Adams? You know, I think Green Bay's approach will be what the franchise tag is supposed to be used for, which is a last resort if you cannot come to a multi-year agreement. You place the tag, but then you go back to the negotiating table and try to get something done. So I think they're going to try very hard to get a multi-year deal done before March 8th. If they do place that tag, I still wouldn't expect Adams to play on the tag I think it would just be buying them some time before that July 15th deadline to then get a multi-year deal done. How much of that do you think is based upon Aaron Rodgers and what he decides and how much of Aaron Rodgers waiting maybe until, you know, a a certain point to say whether he's going to come back or not? How much do you think that their situations are intertwined? I think it is a big part of it because, look, as incredible as Devontae Adams is and as much as you would want your young rookie contract Jordan Love at quarterback to have a Devontae Adams to play with, I'm not sure it would make a lot of sense if you did trade away your, you know, your franchise quarterback in Rodgers and then pay a 29-year-old wide receiver 25 to $30 million a year, right? It, just, it, it probably isn't a smart approach, and it's not something Green Bay in particular as a franchise has tended to do. So I do think they're related, but I, I believe Rogers said on Pat McAfee's show that the reason he wants to make his decision before March 8th is so that they can't use him as an excuse for why they placed that tag. Brad Spielberger joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Get him on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad, cap analyst for Pro Football Focus and a whole lot more. Uh, we are going to get some moves over these next couple of weeks. Uh, veteran names maybe uh, no longer with their teams. Specifically, um, may have, a, have an interest here, but Bobby Wagner in Seattle. Where do the Seahawks go with Russell Wilson's situation up? Is Wagner in, in jeopardy of maybe not returning? What happens with Seattle with Russell Wilson's situation still kind of up in the air? 
it's such a tough situation because if I had to guess, frankly, I think the general manager and folks in that front office are probably more open to trading Russell Wilson and maybe moving on from a guy like Bobby Wagner. But when your head coach and Pete Carroll is 70 years old, it's just it's impossible to convince him to try to tear things down. And every building is different. But I'll tell you right now, Pete Carroll runs the Seattle building. He is he is everyone's boss. Some some GMs are above the coach. That's not the case in Seattle. So I think it's, I think Russell Wilson is going to stick. As for Wagner going into last year of his deal, he has a huge base salary. I think they'll probably try to negotiate maybe an extension that in reality kind of smooths some money out and lowers the overall compensation. But it's a tough spot because he's still a great player. But he, I think he lost a step, and I think you saw that last year. And it's going to be hard to justify this massive salary for you know an older off-ball linebacker. He's Brad and, Spielberger uh, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Go ahead, George Reister, Dan Byron for Doug Gottlieb today. Go ahead, George. Yeah, and if if we're looking at the Russell Wilson situation and the Aaron Rodgers, both of them have been rumored to maybe go to Denver or to other places. But the, I mean, but there's a lot of quarterback needy teams like the the uh, Saints, but they don't have any money. The Washington Commanders, the Indianapolis. Like, what do you think ends up shaking out with this quarterback market being that the supply is much higher than the demand or even that the draft can support this year? Yeah, you know, I think the New Orleans Saints, it was a huge decision for Sean Payton to step away because I thought Russell Wilson to the Saints was a, was a perfect fit. He mentioned the Saints. He put out a list of four teams last year. He'd be willing to waive his no-trade clause to go to, and the Saints were on that list. And so now that they're, in my opinion, probably not in the mix because Sean Payton is gone, you mentioned a couple teams. I think Carolina, he did play college at NC State. They're desperate for a quarterback of any kind. But again, will he waive his no-trade clause to go there? Maybe not. And then I think Philadelphia. Look, I think Jalen Hurts took a step last year. I don't think Philadelphia would be upset if he was their starter in week one. But they have those three first-round picks. It's not a great draft class. I think they could be a sneaky contender for Russell Wilson as well. Brad Spielberger joining us here from Pro Football Focus. Last one for me, Brad. If you're the Baltimore Ravens, what do you do with Lamar Jackson this offseason? It's probably one of the tougher questions facing any club. You know, I still think he deserves a multi-year extension. You know, he's an MVP. He is, he is their entire offense, and everything goes as he goes. So I think you try to lean on Josh Allen. I think you try to say, look, you're a great player. We love you. But we, there's no justification for paying you more than Patrick Mahomes, even though it is now two years later. We still feel that way. You know, we'll give you $40 million per year. You can top the Sean Watson, top some other really talented quarterbacks. But – I would say, you know, try to get a five-year, $200 million deal done, something like that. Um, and I think Jackson should be amenable to that. But, of course, he's his own agent. There's all these other factors in play. So I would extend him, but I would not. You know, if he wants to top Patrick Mahomes, I would say, all right, we'll, we'll let you play on the fifth-year option. We'll maybe explore a franchise tag. We're willing to take that risk. Yeah, that would be wild because, like, I get it, but, like, the best quarterback in the league is not always the highest paid in the league. Now, how do you – now, personally, I know I, I know what the numbers say, but as, as far as, you know, the best quarterback in the league not, not making the most, and then you have a guy like Kirk Cousins who the numbers love, but when you watch him play – it doesn't like the numbers aren't backed up by by what you see. So what should we trust? Should we trust the numbers or, or should we trust our eyes? 
No, I hear you. And of course, like you said, it's, it's the next quarterback that's up for a good deal. As long as he's a top, you know, 10 to 12 quarterback in the NFL, they tend to get that big year deal. But I think because of guys like Kirk Cousins, we're kind of seeing teams move away from that. Where, look, Kirk Cousins on a rookie contract can win you a lot of football games. Kirk Cousins, when he's taking up a substantial amount of your salary cap, you're not going to be able to, to surround him with enough talent. And he's a guy where, yes, the numbers, some of our PFF grades and stuff like that do like him, but it's because all he does is what he's asked. There's no creativity there. There's no playing outside of structure. There's no stepping up in big moments and kind of putting the team on his back. And, and that's what you're trying to pay for. So I do think it is a mix of both. But when you're talking top of market money, I think you just throw on the tape and see a guy that elevates everyone around him, not someone that just does what's asked of him. I was never great in math, and that's why we have guys like Brad Spielberger. Pro Football Focus, get him on Twitter, at PFF underscore Brad. We appreciate the time. Love the insight, Brad. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. Have a good weekend. Thank you. He's George Reister, the NFL vet. I'm Dan Beyer, sitting in for Doug Gottlieb today here on Fox Sports Radio. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Coming up next, might this head coach get another shot at a head coaching gig? We'll tell you who that is next on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In 25 minutes, George Reister and John Ramos go head-to-head. Yes, it's a showdown that you don't want to miss here on the Doug Gottlieb (laughs) Show on Fox Sports Radio. He's the NFL vet, George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer, sitting in for Doug today. Let's bring in our buddy Ralph Irvin for some fun. This is game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Check out the latest lines of the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Ralph Irvin, what do we got today? Well, it is a good day to play. Psychic? Yep. All right. We get to look into our crystal ball and see what's going to happen in the world of sports. All right. What do you got, Ralph? Well, we start with uh, former Bears head coach Matt Nagy uh, joining the Kansas City Chiefs as their quarterback coach. So, psychics, will Matt Nagy get another chance at a head coaching job in the NFL? My uh, my crystal ball, George, uh, maybe it's my magic eight ball as well, says very likely. Not only that, he could be the successor to Andy Reid in Kansas City. What? <laughs> I know. I know. You think I'm crazy, but if you want to keep that continuity of that offense, he'll be back with Patrick Mahomes. Did you see? So my crystal ball says absolutely not, bro. Did you see what happened in Chicago? We're not talking about a Dan Quinn situation where he actually had a team who went to the Super Bowl. We're talking about Matt Nagy who got to the playoffs one time.
time at eight and eight only because the playoffs were expanded. They Sorry. got in twice. Remember double doink. Remember oh, yeah, double yeah, doink. True, yeah. True. Yeah. So so sorry, absolutely not. He will be and, and granted, it may not be right, but just the the sentiment around him, all of that stuff wasn't necessarily positive. So sorry. I think he remains relegated to being a coordinator unless he goes back to college. All right, next up, Sixers center Joel Embiid says that James Harden is, quote, far different from all the stories, end quote. Psychics, will James Harden work in Philadelphia? He makes his debut tonight. Mm-hmm. George, you can A- listen, go first. My crystal ball says absolutely not. It will work temporarily like it does everywhere else. But the the one thing that makes it work a little bit longer in Philly is the fact that Daryl Morey is there and the team is going to be willing to bend over backwards for James Harden the same way that they did in Houston where he gets to run amok, do whatever he wants to do. So, yeah, it'll work. And then eventually he will try to p- force his way out. But his talent, he's getting older. He's in year 13 or 14 now. It's, it, he's running out of gas it'll it'll work i just don't know if it'll bring a championship and i think actually your point about maury is correct and i also think and i mentioned this actually in yesterday's show with doug like i don't want to jinx anybody but we always said with chris paul like just wait till chris paul gets hurt again and i know his injury was a freak injury that he had but chris paul is out at six to eight weeks and i think that you could say the same thing with joel Embiid. and so if if the injury history of joel Embiid pops up in the most unopportune time for philadelphia guess what it ends up being james harden's team Listen. and i think that's a whole different scenario but i don't think it brings championships i do think that they do have some success though i don't think it's gonna blow up in their face by any means they will absolutely be healthy. Even if they were healthy, it would be something because James Harden cannot win a championship. He's just not built out of that DNA. And psychics with Troy Aikman leaving the Fox NFL booth for Monday Night Football. Who's going to replace him? And before you answer, keep in mind that Sean Payton is being interviewed for a studio role. Oh, studio. I, hey, we've seen this before, though. We've seen guys maybe studio role, maybe then move into another spot. I will still say Sean Payton takes the job for 2022. I'm going to go with the other Sean, Sean McVay. Now, he's mm. making $8.5 million now. If they offer him 17 and a half plus, huh, you think he's going to turn that down? You're right. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Thank you very much to Ralph Irvin. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio as we are sitting in for Doug on this Friday. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. Find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. If this is the final season for LeBron James in a Lakers uniform, was it a success? <laughs> 